Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired, yeah. Shots fired. Kairos. Shazanga. Shots fired. I'm one of the hosts, Michael Morgan, and joining me, as always, the panel with the most is Jasanga. What's good, people? And G. What up? And Kairos. Y'all gonna be mad today. (laughs) 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 That's what I like to hear. That's the that's the that's energy and vibes I like to hear. It wouldn't be shots fired if we didn't leave mad anyway. <laughs> Speaking of leaving mad, look, let me just share this with you. I wasn't even going to like bring it up, but it's still kind of like, it's perplexing me. It's playing on my mind. It's making me think. I went to the shop and outside there was a lady and um, she said, you know, can you spare some money for food? And I thought the usual things that usually go through my mind and that is, look, this woman is going to spend this money on drugs. Mm-hmm. So I said to her, okay, what do you need? What do you want? You said you want the money for food. Let me buy you some food. I mean, I'm going inside. Let me buy you the food that you need. <laughs> what does the woman do? Follows me inside, picks up a basket. I'll have this. <laughs> I'll have that. I'll have this. And I'll have that. Talk about shooting your best shot. You know something? When we got to the till, because I weren't stopping it. I yeah. thought, nah, in for a penny in for a pound you did say you would buy it you didn't put any stipulations on it anyway so we're at the checkout now her bill's bigger than mine it's like double <laughs> i went in there for three items she came out there with seven not yeah. that i'm counting but i suppose the moral of that story is look shoot your shot shoot your best shot i'm not mad i'm uh, actually you know what i'm sitting here in admiration in that you know she shoot or she did actually shoot her best shot fair play to her but like normally normally if that's a situation if you're buying somebody uh, like a homeless person food or whatever they normally just like want a drink or a sandwich or something like that but you know sounds like you've got some of the weak shopping man <laughs> well i'm pleased you know what at least that person is going to be eating for the next yeah. week and i'm, Exa- I'm pleased exactly. About that. exactly and um you know speaking of um shooting your best shot i think you know segue into this week's episode i think it'd be remiss of me when we're talking about shooting your shots and shooting your best shot not to start with you know what happened with dana over the weekend and you know i think it was a journalist or i think it was a member of the media who was shooting his shot as he wanted to see um this whole talk of cross promotion actually coming to something anyway Mm -hmm. he was quickly dismissed i'm i'm sort of like paraphrasing but it was to the effect of, okay, could we see a cross-promotion between Bellator and the UFC? Now, you all know me. I love those fantasy matchup scenarios. Yeah. I love those dream fights. I love when they actually talk about, you know, cross-promotion. So I was there rubbing my hands, and um, that was quickly shot down by Dana. But, you know, I kind of put this out on Twitter, and I'm going to get to that in just a minute, because 
I think it's only right just to read out some of the actual uh, commentary, some of the comments that was actually uh, put forward. But, you know, this whole notion of the UFC would never... Look, Lesnar had a legit contract with the WWE when he rocked up to the Octagon. You remember Chuck Liddell when he went yeah. to Pride? He went to Pride twice. Now, there's been recent talk. I know this is uh, a UK promotion. I know that this is um, on these shores, and that is the UK. But Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren, and these are boxing promoters, have been recently talking about... Um, getting their fighters to get in the boxing ring and, you know, clash each other. So, you know, this sort of flavour, this sort of, like, conversation is in the air right now because we are in uncharted territory, as it were, when it comes to combat sports. But just, like, flipping this back onto the conversations that were taking place on Twitter, man, you lot are harsh. You lot are kind of unforgiving. <laughs> Had comments like, um, first off, this one was from Wholesome MMA. And thank you, G, for um, linking me up with um, Harry Nothrita. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope I'm, right. not bu- I'm not butchering her name, but thank you for that hookup. She That's is a our wicked follow. That's right. Our <clears throat> That's Twitter right. Yeah. Yes, anyway, she said if, if Bellator champs were in their prime and fought the UFC champ, when they were in their developing phase, right before their prime, so before they were champs, then I'd say they'd have more of a level playing field. Now, that to me is kind of like Dang. harsh. Yo, that that's is harsh. doubly harsh. Um, Mickey um, Shady Souza said, I'd have Pitbull at 145, and um, at 155, he'd get his pants pulled down. Oh, my now, gosh. Oh, God. Nurse, Nurse Marley, um, <laughs> this is a friend of yours, actually, G. Nurse Marley, she said, Papa Dana will never let it happen. But let me take you back to the UFC would never. As I mentioned, I think I covered that in the whole, he let Chuck Liddell go to Pride and he let him go there, not just once, but twice. Mm-hmm. But finally. Um, and what happened I, the second I, time? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what? Just, just fill my memory in there whilst we're on that. Wasn't that against uh, Rampage? It was against Rampage, yeah. Now, there's a funny story about Rampage because there's sort of a, a, a cross-promotion that uh, happened there. Rampage came from Bellator, went to the UFC, went back to yeah, Bellator. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Almost like a cross-promotion. Yeah, that was weird. I can't remember. Uh, was that for the Maldonado fight? I think it was. I, yes, yes, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. because it, it turned out contractually he was still, um, he's still, a, still a Bellator fighter. Mm. Or what, what have you? I, I don't know how it got to the point that he signed a deal with the UFC, and that nobody realized that he was actually still still on the Bellator roster or still had. A I fr- think I think as legend goes, everybody realized it, but the 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 the, the reluctance of anybody to do anything about it mm. was uh, capitalized on. But finally, just going back to um, Twitter. Um, Fire Rossi said that Bellator is extremely overrated when oh. comparing their champions to Dang. the UFC. Oh honestly, honestly, think one FC would provide a closer level of competition. So there's That's a, a lot of. Bot account. <laughs> Damn. There's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of hate for Bellator out there, basically. Um, Wow, hold on, I just something else just caught my eye. I was going to leave it there. I wanted to end on a positive, and that's why I was kind of like. Um, screening as, as many of these as I could to try and find a positive but damn this kind of hits in the feels um, Seth's 
favorite fighter um, has said, I've been saying this for a while, one FC would smoke Bellator. So going back to this whole notion of the super fights um, and this cross promotion, and let's just park whether the UFC would never, because I think I've laid out the case for the the prosecution here that they, they would, they have. Now, again, I'm looking to you guys to rein me in. Would you like to see a cross-promotion between Bellator and the UFC? And could you see it actually happening? I'll start with you, Chisanga. Would I like to see it happen? Oh, no, of course, man. There's some dream matchups. Like, and I think top top of that list for me is uh, is. Oh, no, I was going to say Gay or Mursasi against Adesanya, but that's not it's Douglas Lima against uh, against Kamaru Usman. I think that stylistically would be a fantastic fight. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I think I think the UFC were were willing to um, to cross promote with with Pride because obviously that's uh, I don't know if the deal had had gone through or, or the talks had begun about acquiring Pride or what have you. So it was. Uh, it was beneficial to the UFC to send one of their stars out there and then try um, further their own brand or uh, what have you in in Japan. Yeah. But I mean, had Chuck had had Chuck Liddell gone in and won uh, won the Pride uh, Grand Prix, then I hand on heart think that yeah, the UFC to this day would probably have had some more cross promotion fights, but because mm. of the fact that. Rampage. Uh, well, he didn't smoke him as bad as he did in the in the rematch that they had, but because the the fact that Rampage stopped him and stopped him emphatically, I think Dana made a point there, right there and then, and when he said to himself, oh, "I'm not going to send, send <laughs> I'm not going to not going to risk it because obviously it could it could damage the brand." Mm-hmm. Now, conversely, I mean the UFC is is synonymous just with mixed martial arts. I mean, obviously we all know the saying or. Uh, do you even UFC, bro? I train UFC or, or what have you. So, I don't. I don't even know if, say, um, say like, say for instance, an Usman versus uh, Lima was to come to fruition. Say if Usman was to was to lose, I don't think that the UFC loses any stock whatsoever, or it harms their brand whatsoever. I just think now that the UFC are the are the the elite promotion mixed martial arts. I don't foresee them ever contemplating. Contemplating the fact, uh, contemplating lending out their champions to to another promotion, unless the pandemic does a madness and carries on until next year, because then they'll have to try and garner some more pay per views. So, mm. but I mean, we we can all dream. Obviously, I'm not going to dream that the pandemic carries on or what have you. But we can all dream that we have some super fights in the in the future. But. The, but also, going back, to, I, don't, I don't know who who said it there, but the fact that you said that one FC would smoke Bellator's ent- entire roster, come on, that's like, like <laughs> they don't, don't know what they just no, they're just trying to start some. Yeah, stuff. They're, they're, yeah, 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 exactly. Don't don't get me wrong, one FC have some absolute killers o- over there. That, that's that's undeniable. But to say, to, to just so blasely say that oh yeah Bellator would get smoked and not take into account like some of the champions that they actually have over there I mean yeah. like, right. like Gegard yeah. Musasi who one could actually make an argument that he's the best middleweight in the world and uh, then obviously you've got Douglas Lemur as well and you have Pitbull too Pitbull exactly ex- exactly exactly and I just hate this notion that it's it's almost as if a lot of these fans have been brainwashed by the UFC and and or brandwashed by the UFC. Sorry, that if you're not yeah. in the UFC, you ain't shit. So, 
I think it's a combination of both, though. I think it's the brainwashing, and I also think there's plenty to talk about with Bellator. Like when mm-hmm. you do actually watch it, there's like you can compile a list of like this is what the fuck is wrong with this split. You know, like <laughs> yeah. it's not really that hard to like have an issue with Bellator, even though I love Bellator, support it, and I watch most of their fights, but. Uh, the better organization is the UFC. It's a little bit polished better from the commentating to everything. So it's not just the brainwashing. Imagine being brainwashed mm-hmm. by Dana, and then on top of it, you decide to watch a Bellator fight, and now it's delayed 50,000 times. The commentators don't talk about the fight. The <laughs> oh, timing is orgy. weird. Orgy. I don't even need to interrupt it, you. you. Um, or it gets interrupted by Peppa Pig. Mike. Oh yes. wow! Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Don't remind me. I get flashbacks of that every single yeah. time I hear the word Bellator and the word UK at the same time. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's there's stuff to talk about with Bellator, and then there's also the brainwashing. So the combination of the two is going to get you kind of outlandish comments like that. Because mm-hmm. I don't agree with that at all. You know, there are killers that won, but Bellator does have some really sturdy and. They got some killers at some of these champions. So, I mean, just as you you got the mic there, G. I mean, oh. do you want to do you want to take it away? Considering that um, you're right, there are some incredible matches. I'm surprised nobody has mentioned Nick Diaz versus Paul Daly too. Come on, doesn't anybody want to see that? Okay, he he may have uh, he may be on a hiatus, but damn, that's one of my favorite um, rounds of all time. Okay, I think, I think after that interview, we don't want to see Nick get near the cage remember that infamous um, yeah, yeah that, was, like, that, was, that, that was rough to watch yeah but you want to see him fight right no um, <laughs> well, no 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 I, 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 I could see both both sides of the argument I, I, I really can't like I mean if Nick was to get a fight then he, he'd, he'd probably he'd, he'd become more disciplined and then he mm. wouldn't be partying as much so that, or, or, or what have you so it could have a positive effect in that way but Absolutely. Then, but on yes, the, that on the, would be good. But then on the flip side of the coin, I mean, this man, uh, I, I have the utmost respect for him as a, as, as a martial artist, but this man is, is not in a good place, like mentally. Yes. It's, it's, it's clear to see. Yeah. And you don't want somebody who is fighting a battle mentally already going into the cage, potentially facing, like, as you say, Paul Daly. I'd love, to, I'd love to watch it, but you don't want to be fighting somebody who, I don't want to say the term mentally compromised or... Or, or as I said, it's fighting a battle mentally and then going yeah. into a, a professional fight. I, I, don't, I, I don't like that idea. But you see, he's one of these fighters who I feel when he's fighting, when he's preparing for a fight, when he's in the heat of, of the battle, he's in his element. That's where he thrives. Mm-hmm. That's what he's good at. And that's why, you know, it's great to see him in competition. But you're right. I mean, you... when he is in a civilian setting, there, there, he clearly doesn't do you, thrive there. Do you think he would be good right now? Because the Diaz brothers are brothers that, like, you can kind of beat them because they, you know, they have, like, blueprint patterns. Like, mm-hmm. you know, people can figure them out and then throw in there that he hasn't fought in a long time. Mm. Um, the mental space that, you know, Chisanga is alluding to, and the fact that MMA and the newer fighters are evolved, that also worries me as well. I think he's somebody that would get disciplined for a training camp, show up, and then just get beat up so mm. bad. Ooh. That's what I think would happen. And I love him as a fighter and whatnot, but as a fan, I don't want to see him fight. Mm. How about I you, Kyrus? brother. He's washed! It's over. Yeah. Y'all gotta move on, okay? I don't. 
I don't want to see a 40-year-old Nick Diaz laying in the center of the cage trying to get some laughs while I was getting beat. No. no, but how about it's, in terms of the UFC versus Bellator um, cross promotion? Well, is that on, something Mike. that you want to see? Hold up, mm? I didn't get to answer that. <laughs> ah. yeah, you saw how Mike rushed me? You, you distracted <laughs> me with Nick Diaz, and then I didn't get to answer the question. So hold up. Um, I don't mean to cut you off, Karis, but I'm going to jump in real quick. Um, yeah, plenty of matchups I want to see. Y'all know that I love Chris Cyborg. I want to see Chris go at Amanda again. Mm. Pitbull versus anybody, especially Alexander Volkanovsky, is nuts. And finally, I'm with you, Chisanga. Um, Lima versus Usman would be crazy. And also Lima versus Masvidal is, is something that would be on my brain. But what would be the benefit of the UFC doing that? Like, I think that would help Bellator. But what would be the benefit of the UFC doing that, especially right now when they have the pandemic game on lock? Did, you know what I'm saying? Money's doing well. Why would they do such a thing? Because look at Dana's reaction when you bring it up. He smirks and he just is like, nah. So I, yeah. I wonder, like, what would be the benefit? Does not well, seem to be any. F- from from where I'm sat, um, the whole poker face, that is Dana's shtick. That's what he's good at. The gaslighting, definitely he's the master of that. So he's going to, you know, have this kind of like approach. But you, when you talk about benefit, right now, it's kind of clear, especially the way that they're rushing people. Um, a title fight is coming up. But yet, you know, people only have six weeks to prepare for it. And why is that? Because people have been rushed into these fights. There is a lack of, um, I would say, um, bodies who are willing to get up there and, um, you know, dance to his tune. So this would actually broaden the roster. This would actually broaden the talent for both promotions. Perhaps. But just specifically about the UFC, it's clear it's very clear, especially when you look at the amount of people that he's opening the gate to with the Contender Series. It's very clear they, are, they definitely do need bodies. So this yeah, would give do. them those bodies. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Kairos, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, the only way I see this going down is if there is a situation where Dana's just like, yeah, I can guarantee we're going to win that fight. So, yeah, we'll do that. Or... The other scenario is we don't have tight like with 145 with the way that the 145 pound division is going and when they don't have challengers let's say amanda retires and you got megan anderson as champion and no one to fight all right well i guess we can have megan fight chris like you know that i feel like that's the only scenario where like that would go down to be honest with you but as far as the people saying, oh, the UFC would have a clean sweep with champion versus champion, y'all yeah. are out of your dang yeah, minds. Yeah. Y'all are out of your dang minds. Pitbull is going to murk Volkanovski. I got no respect for that. Not Let me not say that. I don't think Volkanovski is as great as people are trying to pretend that he is after those mm. last two performances. I'm sorry. They're too close. They're too close. It's too close. It's too disputed. I think Pitbull would give him that work. Me too. As for... <laughs> As for anybody else, I think Douglas Lima could make it a fight with Usman, especially if he forces that man to strike. We, like, yep. you guys, it's not as easy as you think it is. I'm sorry. I totally But agree. the UFC has a lot to lose, though. I think they have a lot to lose if they have those matches. With everything else, they could win. Like, I don't think Kyoji Horiguchi is going to beat Yan or any bantamweight. I'm sorry. He had his shot in the UFC. And he did, he did okay, but I'm just telling you, the competition that he's been dominating in um, Bellator and Rising before he got hurt, it just ain't the same. Yeah. 
Yep. Okay. Well, thank you, folks. That was my TED Talk. Handing over to Chisanga. What's your TED Talk tonight? Well, I'm, I'm picking up on... on uh, it was kind of just a couple of throwaway comments Dana White made when asked about Anderson Silver's uh, reshuffled fight with Uriah Hall. And, or no, recently booked fight with Uriah Hall, reshuffled fight with Uriah Hall. Man, I'm losing my goddamn mind. Losing <laughs> <laughs> my goddamn mind. Anyway, so uh, after last night's contender series, I, I can't remember who it was who asked uh, Dana this about Anderson, but he he was he asked he Dana was asked if this fight will signify the end of Anderson's long and illustrious career, and Dana White said that that's the case that he wants Anderson to this will be Anderson's last fight but if memory serves me correctly Anderson has a pretty ridiculous contract with the UFC that he signed not too long ago where I can't remember in what year he signed it but it might have been like a new seven or or six or seven fight deal or, or what have I thought you. it was ten I thought yeah. it was a ten fight deal I think yeah I think that I think that memory I think that rings true um, mm. but my my question is to you like What's your thoughts on like Dana like essentially retiring Anderson without Anderson coming out and saying this is going to be the, the the final one? I think um I think Anderson is expensive. That's why he wants to retire him. <laughs> Probably. I think, um yeah, I think he is somebody that is very expensive when you're negotiating a contract with him. And I think he has every right to be for all that he's done with his career. So he can, I can see him being a pricey fighter, even though he's not in title contention. He still has that name value. And I'm sure Dana White would just like not to pay him <laughs> as exuberantly as he does for someone that is not going to, you know, fight for a title anytime soon. You know, like, and then especially if the contract is lengthy like that, it's probably kind of hard to even match make with him, being that he's so expensive yet at the same time an older fighter. So I think it's a business uh, decision, but I think it's kind of foul too, you know? It's kind of see-through. Mm-hmm. Mike? What y'all think? I 100% agree with G. I mean, she took the words right out of my mouth. What this sounds as though Dana is doing, he's restructuring house. If you look at the amount of people who've been cut recently, Where's he going to turn his attention to? And what does normally a businessman looking at his business look to do? You cut your overheads. Your overheads do consist of staff. And especially when you've got high-paying staff or high, highly paid staff, you want to actually, you know, quell that quick, fast, in a hurry. Especially when you're talking about the fact that you have just bought a hotel or yeah. are planning to construct a hotel. The money's got to come from somewhere. They are not a bottomless pit as Dana keeps referring to mm-hmm. and um, I do see this as a cost setting ex- or cost cutting exercise if I'm honest with you alright Kyrus what, what do you think oh boy oh boy oh boy I just <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the hotel because I wanted to talk about that when you put that in the group you're like somebody should make that their topic so I want to talk about that I don't want to give too much away but Anderson I love the guy. I love him. He was one of the first ever fighters I started watching in MMA. But I think it's time for you to go. I mean, let's be real. One or two things is going to happen for Anderson Silva. He's just going to continue losing these close fights or 
someone's just gonna knock him out they're gonna destroy him like time is undefeated there are very few people who have beaten time itself in martial arts george st pierre has proven that he can beat time Mm -hmm. a few other people have proven that they can beat time i don't necessarily think anderson silva is that guy especially because he's in the middleweight division too on top of that and they're not handing him it's not like shogun versus big nog or little nog like they did for the light heavyweight division no it's like all right we'll fight uriah hall who's been doing pretty good he's gotten his career back on track and he's gotten together some impressive wins it's like bro they are literally going to use you as a springboard you need to get out yeah but you, you well I'm, I'm kind i'm kind of torn on anderson like obviously i know what well, has he lost he's lost six of his last eight i believe if if memory wow. or something like that so yeah it's been a while it's it's, it's been a while so his, his last win was against Derek brunson in 2017 and, and that was argue you know like that was a yeah i, I was i was i was cage side for that and as soon as that decision got read out we all looked at each other and we were like what the hell is what? going on yep <laughs> what the hell is going on here but if you look at his fights barring the i'd say the the cannoneer the, the cannoneer fight um out of in all in all those fights he's still been competitive so and well the israel adesanya one okay maybe Israel was a bit in awe of him that in fact there is the fact he was fighting his hero so maybe that could have played played into the why the the fight was a bit competitive Daniel Cormier like I know DC dominated most of their fight but let's not forget he hurt DC with the body shot and like came he came close <laughs> came close to ending it and the Michael Bisping fight I love Michael Bisping to death right but I hand on heart still don't think that he did enough to win that fight. I think, <laughs> and I think I think he was lucky that the fight didn't get stopped after the flying knee. I yep. think he I think he really was. But so there's there's still Anderson's still competitive somewhat. So part of me part of me wants to see like wants to see maybe one or two more or what have you. But then another part of me, as as Kyra said, like Father Time is undefeated. I can only think of. Maybe George St. Pierre and uh, Mike, you know, Joe Calzaghe retired undefeated as well. Yeah. yeah, so those are the only two that I can really think of that retired on on top and didn't have any serious damage or what have you. But, yeah. Sanka, what do you think about the matchup with him and uh, Uriah? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know because... I'm petrified. He, I kind of am. I kind of am. But again, with Anderson, he's been in these close fights. There, there hasn't been like a moment where you can pinpoint like, right, this is the, the decline for Anderson. There's like, he's not the same. He still can't do the, the things of, of old or whatever because he's still. But like, what if, but here's the thing, Chisango. What if Uriah Hall is not enamored with him the same way Izzy was? He's going <laughs> to knock him out. <laughs> gonna like, like 100%. I, and then you're. I'm saying this as a Anderson Silver stand. Like that yeah. is my favorite fighter out of this whole shit from the podcasting to watching it to everything on everything mm. I love. He's my favorite fighter and I'm telling you right now, Uriah Hall if he's not like in awe of him or like kind of tripping the way Izzy was, he will knock him out. Yeah. And I I think that's what's going to happen. And on top of it, lately Uriah Hall has been on point. Mm-hmm, mentally yeah. too like he's kind of on some new shit and he's like kind of got me thinking the mental fortitude is there with him now remember how before he could fight but there was just something wasn't clicking 
I yeah. feel like it's clicked. Trigger. That's yeah, right. I think he's pulling the trigger now, and I think mm. that's really dangerous for Anderson Silva. So the yeah. combination of that and not being like a fan of his is going to get Anderson knocked out, and I'm terrified. That's why Dana's setting this up too. <laughs> you think you think Dana's like? Yes. Come on. Yes. Nah. Yes. He's not a fan I'm, like us, Chisanga. Yes. He's setting him up. Yes. Nah, I've, yeah, I've, yes. He wants that to be Anderson his last has gotten fight so too. lucky. Mm. He's gotten so lucky. You you guys pinpointed, but then you dodge off. But Daniel Cormier had Anderson Silva on the ground, almost in crucifix, and almost and could have finished the fight right then and there. Let's be real. Yeah. He could have finished the fight right then and there, but he, but he decided to be merciful. That's that's how UFC 200 mm-hmm. would have been. But he wanted to be merciful because Anderson did all that. Israel Adesanya threw probably 30 strikes in the first round. You mean to tell me Israel Adesanya couldn't have tuned up Anderson Silva if he wanted to? Bro. And it looked like (laughs) he was putting on a show, too, with him. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, it was... (laughs) <laughs> that was, there, there was a point or something. There like. was a point Izzy was landing strikes and then stopped and told Anderson to defend himself. There was exactly. literally a point in that I'm telling y'all, bro, this man could have had three knockouts in the past what four years. Right. If Daniel would have finished him, if Israel would have finished him, and Jared basically TKO'd his leg off. Like, yeah. bro, come on. Right. Spare me. This man like, needs to get yeah. out of here. See, Jared didn't and you're right, care. That's why he got off. beat up. Exactly. All right. Well, then I I I could I could see Anderson like. <laughs> I, I can see. I, well, all right, you know what? I'm gonna go on record and say Anderson Silva is gonna beat Uriah Hall. There, I said it. Forty-five oh year, forty-five year old Anderson was that Silva. Do we have like a push-up then, tab yes, on and then, yeah, I was about to say. Get the first tab, you know. Oh yeah, I'm doing fifty. Okay, yeah, I'll do. I'll do those. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Put, he still hasn't done them. No, we got a tab going. We got. All right, all right. I'll do. I'll, as you know, I, I I get around to doing it, but I do it on my own time. Jeez. All right. If Anderson Silva doesn't doesn't win, I'll do forty five push ups, a push up for each of his years on the planet. So, all right. But yeah, if 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 Don't Anderson loses, I well, do you think the UFC would? Because like, I think Anderson would still want to fight, even like unless it's like a spinning wheel kick KO that Uriah Hall landed during tough or what have you. I like. I I think Anderson would still fight. Do you think that the UFC would allow him to go elsewhere to to compete, or would they just be like, "Nah, you're still contracted to us"? Because they know that, as as you said, there, G, he still he still draws in, he still oh, he draws in value. views. Yeah, his name value. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. I so, think they'd let him go. I think so. Okay, so then book me Anderson Silver against this revitalized and I used the word revitalized with air quote marks because I think you all know what I'm alluding to Vitor <laughs> Belfort no <laughs> no no I would watch that I'd watch that again I'd watch, yeah, watch it again the horse meat is strong in this one <laughs> yeah. no exactly they're, they're both with a picogram of salt before. they're both Brazilian I wouldn't mind if they did that at one or some shit mm. I'd definitely watch that I'd set an alarm and watch it yep for legal purposes, I am saying I'm going on record and saying I do not think Vitor Belfort is taking steroids. I just think that he's found himself a very good nutritionist. Mm. He's well, taking what, something. Well, whatever it is, he he's taking great. something. And he needs to make his debut. Like, how long is he just gonna lift weights and hit pads and say he signed to one? Like, let's go, sir. Book yeah, this really gets everything he. Lost. I think there was there was talk that he was gonna fight that uh, Alan Naglani. You know the uh, the what's his name nickname the the Panther. You know you know the guy who I'm who I mean. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, that needs to happen, though. It's been so long since he's the, there'll be There'll literally be no cardio in that fight if it happens. Like, literally, just they'll gas out. It'll be like mm. Izzy versus Yoel, but, like, worse. 
in, term, oh in, term, in terms of cardio. Mm-mm-mm. He's next up. Um, I guess I can go. I'll, I'll take that. Okay, so, gentlemen, I am here to discuss our UFC welterweight champion, Kamara Usman. You're probably wondering, like, why did I even bring him up? But he just without a doubt put away Jorge Masvidal in another successful title defense. He is mm-hmm. due to face Gilbert Burns, right, in the near future. And he also appears to be enjoying his off time. And he en- he's enjoying his off time so much. Did y'all notice that he did some commentary with Karen Bryant on ESPN? UFC yes, it did. Vegas 7, yes. Mm-hmm. So, he, you know, he showed up in his suit looking dapper and was, you know, just commentating, like, you know, all smooth and shit. But unbeknownst to the champ, his mere presence sparked an uproar online with MMA Twitter. Um, right after he started commenting, I began to see tweet after tweet of, Usman is so boring, the worst champ ever. Oh my God, he's holding on to his hairline, why? Da, 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 da. I saw all types of shit. I saw one Twitter account upon seeing the champ. He said, let's get a fuck Usman thread going. And I'm like, damn, all right. And then I saw another user. He changed his profile pic to a drawing of what it appears to be is like a Colby Covington whipping a black man and on a plantation. And the black what? man happens to be Kamara Usman. Yes, what? I saw a Photoshop profile picture of Colby Covington looking like a plantation overseer or, you know, and he was whipping Usman. Usman's hand was up trying to avoid the lashes. And I was like, holy shit. And that wasn't even the worst of it all. Finally, last but not least, a couple on MMA Twitter decided to film themselves. And what they did was she put her boyfriend by the TV and the guy turned and Usman was on the screen commentating with Karen Bryant. And he goes, what is this N-word doing on my fucking screen? He's so boring. Get him the fuck out of here. And I'm just like, oh, my God. So I think to myself, I'm like, what has Usman done? You know what I mean? For all of this, all he did was put on a nice suit and commentate with Karen Bryant. And I do feel like there are fans that truly dislike Usman for his personality and his fighting style. Come on, y'all. Y'all remember when he hit us with that 30%. It didn't go over well. Mm. Nobody liked it. It was mm. definitely not, you know, who the fuck is that guy? It wasn't <laughs> three piece in a soda. Fans did not like it. They thought it was corny, and people thought it made him out to be cocky. And then on top of it, he's heavily rest. He's wrestling heavy. And then you have fans that hide behind politically correct stuff so that they can just be racist. And what I mean by politically correct stuff is you guys know the word thug now is kind of like the n-word like when i'm online and someone's like oh those thugs are protesting you're really just calling them n-words so but a lot of times i see that with uzman so my question to you and mike i'm going to start with you give you some time to think Mm. my question to everybody but mike goes first what do you think of uzman's fighting style and personality and the second question is how can you tell the difference between a fan that just doesn't like his style and his personality versus someone that is hiding behind politically correct racism. Mike, go ahead. I think what Usman has shown recently is he has the fight IQ to get shit done. He is a superb wrestler. And you can't actually fault the fact that he's champion. So I think that those people who are criticizing his style need to look at that belt and look at the reason why he's got that belt. He's beaten some studs. But 
in terms of personality, to be honest with you, he's not my favourite. He, he's not very endearing. I don't find him mm-hmm. the slightest bit um, in terms of traction, traction worthy. And that kind of like speaks volumes as to, you know, how he's received. But I see no excuse for racism. And just on that point, I mean, you've got a president who emboldens that sort of behaviour, who emboldens, you know, the the the, the openness with which racists are actually crawling from under like cockroaches from under you know dresser drawers and you know you only have to look at the news i mean only last night um, i saw it this morning there's a kid a 17 year old kid running down the street with an ar-15 after shooting someone now the way that i look at this is he's a representative of a racist organization there's no reason for him to be parading that that gun around and as well as that this is the sickening thing the signal he gave to the police after doing all of that and walking towards them as though they were accepting of him and his behaviour. So all I'm saying is I'm not surprised that this behaviour has spilled out onto Twitter. I'm not surprised that racists are now coming out of the woodwork because you've got a president who condones, who actually applauds that sort of approach. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. But Mike, how do you how do you differentiate someone that's being racist rather than someone who doesn't like his style? Because because the they'll talk ask- about his style. They'll mm, talk about the fact that you know why they don't like him. They won't say oh because he's a uh, he's an N word or you know they won't allude to or talk about his color because that's not what's at stake or what's important here. What's at stake mm-hmm. is his skill, his style, and what he brings to the table as an athlete. Now, that needs to be debated. That needs to be the, the, the point of discussion. And it's really kind of odd that that doesn't actually um, feature, especially when these racists bring that to the table, because you can't actually dispute that. He's a phenomenal wrestler. He's a phenomenal athlete. Yeah. Personality-wise, as I said, not for me. But you can't dispute the man's skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I... I, I I completely agree. I, I, I came in. There was a psychic right there, G. I knew you were going to say my name. I knew you were going to say my name. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, Mike has, has taken most of uh, the wor- words out of my mouth. Like, And with with regards to the fans who are saying that Usman is so boring so, or personality-wise and, and style-wise, are these fans just forgetting that in December, last December, he had like arguably one of the fights of the year with Colby Covington, like a back and right. forth war. Like it just, it just baffles me. And and even uh, even his fight with Tyron Woodley, that was that was a, a, a dominant performance, which he leaned on most of his, his his wrestling for most of it. But he mixed it up. It was a, it was an exciting fight. Everybody was like, oh my god, I can't believe Tyron's getting dominated like this so much. And prior to that, who did he, uh, did he fight Dos Anjos before that? I think it was RDA before that, and he kept the fight standing as well. And he was, you, I think he even threw an axe kick in that fight against RDA. So this notion that Usman's style is boring, it doesn't, it it doesn't sit well with me. Like for argument's sake, for argument's sake, you could say that uh, during 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 his pro, uh, during his uh, legendary welterweight run after regaining the welterweight title. George St. Pierre, there was, a, there was a time that he really didn't want to strike with his opponents and he just kept taking them down. And, like, would you, would you say that that's boring? I, for, for me, I don't... For me, well, I'm not a Just Bleed fan or what have you, so so that's not boring. But the the people that, that lambast and lament Usman's style, it just... 
it doesn't sit well with me and it really really annoys me and like as as you said like i saw some of the threads that were going on about Usman, especially uh, the one that first came to mind uh, was the let's start a fuck Usman thread oh, like yeah. why why like why? what is what has the man what has the man done done yeah. to you or what has he done out of like out out of line to to deserve being yeah to be being pilloried like that he's he's done nothing he's a consummate professional i mean he like obviously he's a family guy he's exactly man exactly like, i mean you, <laughs> you you go into his uh social media man like most of his posts are about his daughter or what have you like i mean how right. can you not like how can you not love like a family oriented man he's well spoken and barring like extreme provocation or whatever he doesn't he doesn't cuss people out or whatever so i mean maybe these fans just want just like the like the i don't want to just say the corner personality or whatever but maybe they want like brash outspoken people like that but you don't have to be like that in martial arts and that's not what martial arts is about and as to those people that put posted that video fuck you guys like honestly like yeah it was unnecessary yeah it was it was completely it was completely unnecessary like why why do that and yeah well, one, why do it in the first place? Two, why post it and not expect any sort of retribution to come your way? Okay, well, the commonality is this: between you point, you you hit it earlier. A lot of the great fighters who don't lose often lose fans because they refuse to do what it takes to entertain them. They do what it takes to win. Period. Point blank. But the commonality is this: though, whenever you have a brother who is winning fights. They will always hear him. I remember when Tyron Woodley was relentlessly defending the title and he was an active champion. My man fought like four times within a calendar of 12 months and they were still trying to say he was an inactive champion. But Robert Whitaker hadn't fought in an entire year and he's so great and endearing and all this and that. First of all, fuck y'all. Because y'all are pieces of shit. And then you got people saying that Usman's boring, but then y'all are worshipping Ben Askren, straight up gargling his dick every time he got on the microphone. And then you got... And then you got Chael Sonnen doing the same stuff. Boring fighters. Boring fighters. They can just talk some trash. Oh, but they're interesting, though, because they can talk some trash. All right, great. Well, then when Colby Covington is talking some trash, too, and let's not act like he his fighting style just has been this exciting for this entire time. No. Leading up to that Dong Young Kim fight, he was boring, too. Trash-ass fighting. He just was winning. But y'all didn't have shit to say then. This is the point. Yes, I'm not saying if you don't like Kamaru Usman, then you're racist. But I am saying if you like those fighters and will defend them relentlessly when someone calls them boring, then you have prejudicial issues. I'm not going to call you racist because my definition of racism is an active system against people to oppress them. So I'm not going to call you racist, but I am going to call you prejudiced because you know exactly what you're doing. Either it's on a subconscious level or conscious level. And that doesn't make any sense, period, point blank. Let's move into Tara LaRosa. I just said that she thought that she was the best 125 pounder on the world. She's probably not even top 100, but she has the clamor to say that she she's looking for a defense fund for Kyle Rittenhouse. Well, guess what, Tara? Guess what, Tara? You're the same type of person who would look for an excuse as to why it was okay for him to walk up to the police or the National Guard or whoever the fuck he was walking up to after shooting and killing four fucking people, but then turn around and look at a man who got shot seven times in front of his fucking kids trying to get into the car and call him a criminal. People like you are the reason why things are going down. I am so happy when people like that come and say, why are you guys destroying the city? Why are you guys doing this in the third? Because people like you, you fucking idiots don't get it until it's convenient for you. So guess what? We're going to tear down your fucking shit. We're going to destroy your shit because you don't understand anything else other than your pockets. You don't care about anybody else but yourself. So fuck you. The thing is this, just looking through. Yes, thank through, you. Through, yeah, you see, that that's, that's, that's where this is heading and... I'm sure we all don't want this. What 
she's actually said on her um, her Twitter, uh, Tara Rosa, is borderline. It's like incitement. Why not? No, no, no. no, 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 no <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen, awful. because she hasn't actually said it, but she said it. She is kind of like borderline in 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 inciting a war right now. She's actually quote tweeted uh, this chap Carmine Sabia. Now I don't know his background, but. He seems to be incensed about this whole thing. He's quoted as saying, Now, you wanted war. You rioted and looted and attacked people. And for months, there were no repercussions. No one wants anyone killed. But when you declare war, you should expect war. I prefer no war. Democrat mayors should have stopped this long ago. Now, I get it. Tyler Rose is an ardent Trump supporter. I get it. But this is borderline, it kind of... It, it smacks of trying to incite a war because who was talking about war? This is one individual, but yet she's kind of treating this as some kind of like, you know, yeah, scouting mission. I mean, mm-hmm. God, it's, it's it's baffling. And I just clicked on that guy's profile, and he claims to be a, a Christian as well. This Carmen Sabia, like, I mean, what type of Christian would go incite war? Like, anyway, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like, as far as people saying that you don't want certain things to happen and certain issues to take place, well, guess what? Everyone who is trying to oppose violence in the name of change, this we got to stop uh, resulting into blah, blah, turn the other cheek motherfuckers. You guys lost that opportunity and that argument the day that you decided you yeah. were going to kill off peaceful protesters, right. regardless of who they were. So stop fucking miss me, also, miss me with this. You, you, this isn't the right way to do it. Do oh, but people are kneeling. It's not the right way. But do something when shit's going on too. Like do something to prevent these things from happening. That is upsetting yeah, exactly. people and getting yep. them to go into the street and burn shit you need to mm. start changing legislation if we need to defund the Thank police you. we something yep. needs to be done i'm not saying defunding them is the answer i don't know what the answer is but i do think we need to start listening to the people that are in the mm. street exactly. burning shit down you need to hear them and start listening because the reason why they're doing that shit is because no one's listening and then you have people like tara de la rosa that is influencing others not to listen to them that's how we got this garbage yeah. in the first yes. place you know, mm. And it's just so annoying that so many people want to hold up systems that are just no good for us while people are trying exactly. to well, affect these people, change. Yep. You know, these systems are unfair. Of course. It's time for them to come. Of course. Yeah, 100%. And uh, it, it pains me to say this, but each video that comes out of abhorrent acts being committed upon the, the African-American community, it, it, bring, it, brings, it brings to light our struggle and the struggle which is being ongoing for 400 years and i i don't even know if it will be sorted in in our kids lifetimes if if you, if you know what i mean but i'm yeah i i, I don't want to get down down too down into it screw you tala de rosa as a whatever yeah yeah, of, yeah like, I <laughs> I didn't want to use that language but yeah, i uh, echoed i echo that i echo that sentiment no, i'll do it no, I'll do it. Big old fuck you for, you know, for perpetuating and just putting out here these horrible systems that are actually getting people killed. And then also, yeah. what's wrong is wrong and what's right is right. It's that simple. That young man is wrong. You don't try to start a GoFundMe or you give him a shout out on a Twitter page, even if you yeah. um, share his ideals. Or if you're a Christian, too. He's she, killing people. She must not know the full extent or, or like, yeah. 
But yeah. She but, does. She doesn't yeah. care. It's against brown but people. Fuck that shit. Yes, she don't, we don't, this is against black people. We don't need <laughs> to give people care. bail with that shit. We don't need the... We don't need the whole Mary Renault where, oh, she probably didn't watch the whole video. Oh, she doesn't own this. Motherfucker, no. If the tables was turned, she would not be advocating for someone's GoFundMe if the the tables were turned and this person was black. Okay? We all know that. If if the tables were turned, she would not be supporting this person. It's racism. Yeah, it is. Straight up and down. And you said you were coming in hard. Okay, yeah. You're bringing war to the table. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I said y'all are going to get mad at me today, I guess <laughs> it depends what side you're on. It depends what side you're on. Maybe you'll agree with me. Maybe you won't agree with me. But here's my question. Dana, where's the money at? Where's my money at? This man, I was I was defending him. I, I defended him when the whole COVID situation started. And he wanted to do events. And I was like, this is going to be good. But I was hyping him up. I gave him an A-plus for all of his accolades and what he did for the organization and him doing all this. But where's the motherfucking money at? You got fighters out here fighting for 10 for 10, struggling to make ends meet during this time, and there's no money. But y'all got money to build in Atlantis. <laughs> I know we joked around about this before, and we were like, oh, well, we can't buy, pay the fighters. Yeah, we can't pay them because we just spend it on an island. Can we not pay the yeah, fighters because we just spend man, it on a hotel? This this doesn't sit well with me. It, 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 it really, it, it doesn't sit well with me. I, I mean, them building a what? hotel. Sorry, that's what I'm saying. Like, and... Fire struggle. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! I thought you. Yo, I was about to curse you. No, out. sorry, sorry. No, um, yeah. I mean, it's just another example of uh, Dana giving a brief glimpse into the depths of the 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 pockets the UFC have and the depths of uh, the pockets WME IMG have, and just closing them and saying, "Yeah, we've got this money." But we don't have enough to pay fires. It just, man, it 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 it, mm. it sucks. It, it like whilst obviously yes, it's a cool thing to have a a hotel for fighters and what have you, and maybe media, if case any of the UFC media are hearing this or whatever, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it it's cool that they're 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 doing that and they're taking steps to be, towards being self sufficient. But I mean. I think it'd be if every, everyone across the board. They, they'd, they'd love to hear that, but then also hear that okay, maybe maybe you're raising the the minimum contracts or whatever or what have you as well. Because really, you can do it. Like we 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 all know that the UFC could raise the minimum contracts from well, I think it's twelve and twelve or what have you at this current time. You could raise that to twenty and twenty. And do you know how much of a difference that would make to those fighters who have just made it into the UFC? It would be ugh, it's. It's it's night and day. It's night and day the difference. But like as as Kyra said, like I well I was actually skeptical of Dana White, and then obviously I gave him. I think I gave him a a B plus like with, with Gina did last last week when we were talking about it. But after hearing this, it just it, it doesn't sit well with me, and it makes it difficult to to launch any kind of defense for the UFC. You know, it can be defended on one front and I tell you this if you look at the hotel it's like you said Chisanga mm-hmm. for self-sufficiency they don't want to have to look anywhere else they want to be looking inward to help themselves and in turn helping the fighters because that means that the operation is smooth mm-hmm. everything is taken care of and their production line in terms of the whole turnaround of an event is seamless but my issue is this 
that's bullshit when you look at the background against which this lays. This is the man who turned around and said, I think it was last year, this is the greatest year in the UFC's history in terms of what we've done, in terms of what we've achieved, in terms of what we've earned, it's one of the greatest years. Now, when you look at that sort of rhetoric, when is it ever going to be a good time to pay the fighters? Yeah. You couldn't pay them when it was the best of times, but you couldn't pay them when it was the worst right. of times. You're never going to pay them. This has been an ongoing and a cyclical issue from year to year to year. And it's the typical mentality that Dana has. And that is, look, and at least he's really, really gutsy and he's forthright about it. Now, this is an opportunity not a career and he's treating it as such in every single facet when that actually relates to recompensing or ensuring that the fighters get a good deal the fighters will never get a good deal it's that simple so on the one hand i wanted to look at it this positively and say in the long run you know it's going to benefit the fighters but it's never been a good time for pay and it never will be a good time for pay yeah and it's just irresponsible like you you like if we're being realistic for a second yes the performance institute and this hotel are brilliant ideas mm. and they are definitely something that you need like i'm all for mercantilism and being self-sufficient being able to make your own things not depending upon others but when you got people struggling this ain't the right time to do it. it's like that person who's like shoot my family is struggling i'm about to go out <laughs> yeah. and gamble try to make this into a double yeah. motherfucker no just get the food <laughs> just get the food why are you going to the tracks with the horses mm. bro come on mm. it's like that type of situation and it's like i'm gonna be real i feel like we're gonna hear a cautionary tale soon i feel like we're gonna hear a cautionary tale soon of a of a fighter who's probably young maybe they're old but they aren't making what they need to make and something bad might happen i mean that's the only time something change ever really occurs you know most companies most organizations they really do wait until the worst happens for change unfortunately because people are you know, dispensable. And I'm with Mike with this. Mike, you took like my whole, you know, <laughs> spiel. Like, I feel like I don't really got shit to say, but I'm like- We spent too much time together. That's, right. that's, just, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, but I do agree with you, Mike. I, I wanted to be positive about it in the first place. It's UFC, I'm excited, I'm a fan, it's dope. They got the money mm -hmm. to do it. And then you're like, oh my God, but yeah. they don't pay the fighters. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like the same thing happened with the Contender Series last week, guys. You know, me and Mike were talking about we got to get into it. And then I listened to like another podcast about how poorly they're paid and I felt shameful. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just struggle with being a fan and being excited about new things like hotels. And then you find out, well, these people are injured at home with no insurance and they've just been Ooh. cut. And on top of it, or their fight has now been canceled and they got 10 G's. Meanwhile, you know, like that doesn't cover the monthly expenses because yeah. that's really what's going on. In, in their real lives yet we're at home loving and enjoying this sport so i'm gonna go ahead and say no on this hotel and i'm with mike it's gonna be quite a struggle oh you uh, also with this hotel you know for damn sure that once uh once it's up and running they're gonna have uh, fans start staying in this hotel come stay at the ufc hotel and blah 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 and don't, it's gonna be and, yeah, yes it's not for them yeah it's, oh the, it's, they'll it's the tourism and then they'll do it thing. in conjunction with tours of the apex and tours of the performance institute Right. Or there's a VIP yeah. section for the celebrities. You know, you'll have like yeah. a Holly Berry, you know, will come and they'll have like a laid out hotel section for them. Just like I had heard that. I had heard they toyed with the idea of having like VIP pandemic seating. Like certain celebrities oh, might be able to get tested and come see shit. certain fighters. Like I've read, 
Yeah, I've read some stuff like yeah. that. So, like I said, it's it's. I love the sport, but sometimes you know I do feel guilty supporting. Kairos, them, but, you yeah. fitting to be mad right now, or you fitting to be disappointed? He knows exactly what I'm talking Joe, about. I'm fucking He knows right exactly now. what I'm talking about. I am so you girl mad. Out. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. <gasps> I was, dude. I literally was looking at her Instagram story today, and I got scared because she posted this. This uh, one of our training partners was put up a meme <laughs> of a scary looking Kermit the Frog with a hood over his head, and she was, and it said, and it said, coaches. Uh, me and my friend when we're training it's like I'm gonna knock this bitch out and then she put in quotation marks coaches saying uh, Macy and Bay find another training partner I'm like yo I hope she doesn't get hurt I literally saw that this morning I was like I hope she don't get hurt doing this literally that scene I'm yeah, like oh man yes yeah, now I'm like oh my god Jar is gonna be facing Carol Rosa <sighs> it's gonna be crazy intriguing but I have a question for y'all real quick about the next fight card what do y'all think about Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny I've been waiting for Robbie to come Ooh. back for a hot minute now. And this is, I think this the is king a, of violence yeah, returns. I think this is a winnable fight. I just don't know if I'm ready to pick him yet, but he can beat a Neil Magny, but I don't know. What y'all think? I've got it in my head that, you know, Kyra, Robbie Lawler for me, <laughs> Robbie Lawler for me, <laughs> he's in the twilight of his fight years. And I just don't see him coming up against a young stud like Neil Magny and, and faring, well, any, I don't think anything good will come of this. I think Neil Magny is going to hand him his ass. Yeah. Oh. I have some. Ass, have... I think he might, I think he can beat him in a decision. I think he'll he'll drag it out, you know. Have some respect. Like, I, know, I think Mike, <laughs> I could slap you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, if you, if you want to, if you want to break down his losses, okay, obviously he got dominated by Colby Covington. Mm. Fair enough. There's, there's, there's no shame in that whatsoever. Many people get dominated by Colby Covington. Ben Askren loss. I think it was a bit of a bullshit loss, to be honest. Like there is no definitive, like, in fact, I, I don't even know your guys stance on that. Was Robbie Lawler out? Was it was was Herb D? Was it Herb D? I thought Ben Askren went out. I of saw the flash. I saw um, Robbie knock Ben Askren out and then knock him back up. <laughs> you know what back I mean? In, yeah, yeah, and, he did. Yeah, knocked him, yeah. And knocked him in. Yeah, a yeah. ref could have called it off at that point. I would have been fine with it because mm. I saw that from my couch. So I thought Robbie mm. won, and I didn't think he was out when he was in the bulldog type of choke. I, I'm the person that yeah. was like, I think it's a bullshit decision all around. And if memory serves me correctly, the uh, the loss to Rafael de Sanias it was a, it was a closer fight. I know it was a unanimous decision loss, but it was closer than than uh, what the verdict suggests. Still so, a loss. I mean, it's, yeah, okay, years. it's still a. It's, but and this is a guy that has a late career <laughs> resurgences. You. Like you got to give Robbie props for being so late in the game and going on that title run and becoming champ too. Like that to me just shows that has he declined? Yes. Could he lose against Neil Magny? Yes. But he still has yes. some fight in him, is what I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. And if he loses, that's four in a row, man. Yeah. Like I mean, that they're not going to cut him. Like they, they, they wouldn't cut him. Like I mean, he's 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 still a somewhat of a big big name or right. what have you but well, it's interesting to see where he goes but about Jessica, I, allowed I, to go to Bellator uh, shut up Mike Jessica, I hear um, <laughs> Kairos muttering under his breath I think he's got something to say about this Kairos I, <laughs> sorry I was telling my dog to leave out of the room because I knew she was loud but now happy, happy National Dog Day oh. but anyway yeah. stop giving Robbie all these legs to stand on this is his issue 
part of his issue is picking the right opponent. Mm, same with true. Carlos Condit. True. Same with a lot of these other fighters. Stop yeah. choosing these matchups. Yeah. This fight's going to be a 30 27 because Neil's just going to pressure you, throw you up against Utilize the cage, and land jab. inside the clinch. Yep. And you mm -hmm. are. Yes, it's going to be over for Robbie. This is the problem. This is the problem. Everyone always wants to talk about Dana White doing this to old fighters and trying to cut their career short. Stop accepting these fights. Stop taking these fights. I don't care that you want to be called a BMF. Or I don't care. It's time to win. Robbie, you're, you're done. Too. He's about to fight another grappler. Um, uh, the guy from the tough series. Court yeah. McGee. Why? Court McGee, Why? Yeah. Why? Why would you take that fight? Okay, if anything, right, out of the run of who, who Condit has fought, that's probably the type of person who he should be fighting. Like, I mean, Court is also pretty late on into his career again, and I'm pretty sure he's had a lengthy hiatus as well, if memory serves me correctly. But, just, um, was but Matt yeah, Brown but, not available? They've been trying to fight for years, and they're both going to stand and bang. I just don't understand why he had exactly. to go even lower. Yeah. And then fight another grappler, which, regardless of uh, Court McGee's hands or where he's at, his expertise is still something that Condit is not doing well right now. Grappling. It just, I agree with Cairo. Yeah. Stop taking these matchups, especially these older fighters. Go out there and have fun and get winnable fights and be a, like, some of them just don't need to be gatekeepers. That's why I fuck with Anthony Pettis. He has fun, he takes the fun fights. You know what I mean? Yeah, you see, but, uh, like, go, go, no, go on, you go, Mike. On no, you no, go, I, I, you go, you're you're still in the same conversation. I was going to start a new one. Go for it. Okay, all right. I was uh, going back to Karis's points about stop taking these certain fights, stop taking these tough fights. But these are fighters at heart, and like they might win, they might lose three or four in a row. But a lot of them will still think, yeah, I'm still the best person in the world. I'm still, like, I can beat anybody. So. Like, whilst I, I somewhat agree with the notion that you need to take a winnable fight, you need to just get back in the win column, I don't begrudge them for it. But in the, in, in the case of Carlos Condit, dude's lost his last five fights in a row. And it's like, I mean, and it's getting to the point where I, I think even new fans don't really know how good Carlos Condit was. Yeah. yeah, but you also have this issue of BJ Penn accepting a fight against Yair Rodriguez. Don't, like that, don't, don't that's bring that literally, fight up for me, man. That, <laughs> that that's is, people. People forget that fight actually happened. People forget that, that that was actually a matchmake and he accepted the fight. Yes, you're a legend. You can fight whoever you want. Yes, you're still that guy. But if you are taking fights like that, you really need to leave your camp because they don't care. But your manager, your camp, your coaches, they really don't care about you to tell mm -hmm. you you can win a fight like that. Let's just be realistic. Unless they just suck at their job. Yeah, and something tells me it's not the latter. That I think it will be that they're just not doing their job. Where's Robbie at right now? Hard Knocks 365? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Or it's been, yeah. He better leave. Oh my God. He needs to leave right now. <laughs> I can give him better advice. Come to come to my house. I'm in Michigan. We'll work out in my garage. I'll tell you which fights to take because they aren't doing you any favors. I'm yeah. sorry. And also, See if you go down. You know, consult with Carlos, too. I need him to take better fights. Carlos, make sure you make time for him. Thank I you. got you. I'm going to tweet you. them both. If you go down the card ever so slightly and look at who Ricardo uh, Lamas is fighting. Now, when you look at this matchup, this is against Bill Algio. Now, Bill Algio was beaten by Brendan Loftane in the Contenders series. So how mm -hmm. does he get a shot? How is he Bro, on this card? Don't even card? get me. How is he don't on the main card? And don't Brendan, even get me started, Brendan can't even find a fight right now. Um, if, um, it, it, was, it was a travesty. It, it's, it's probably one of the biggest travesties to happen in mixed martial arts in the last... 
I'd say probably the last two years, whatever yeah. the fact that Brendan Lockney didn't didn't get signed. He did absolutely everything. He gave he gave his absolute all. He he ticked all of the boxes that Dana White said like says that he want he wants ticks. He wants relentless killers that show these this killer instinct and blah blah blah. But yet he didn't pick him. And the man won the fight. Like I mean. Fair enough if it's a, a laboured three-round decision or, or what have you. But I, I don't know. Brendan must have done something to piss him off or something. I'd, I've, it's, it, it, I, I, remember, I remember like I was watching it and when he didn't get the decision, I just... When he didn't get the contract, sorry. I just... I like, I literally, it was the middle of the morning. I just turned, just like kind of slid my laptop off my bed and was like, fuck this <laughs> fuck shit. Like, what, 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 what were you even doing here now? Exactly. I mean, in my mind, yeah. I was like, it must have been at least three or four years ago that you, Brendan, shit in Dana White's popcorn. Because I don't understand for the life of me how he's getting such a rough ride. Fact is, we are still looking at a fight this Saturday with a person that Brendan beat is on a main card. Exactly, man. I, I, I just... Uh, yeah. It annoys me. But anyway, wh- what's people's thoughts on uh, Smith versus Rackage? I think Anthony's going to come up short. Yes, I think Rackage is going to tool him up. Me too. If, if anything, I'm looking at a second round TKO. I really... Mm-hmm. I, I rate Rackage. I rate him, especially the way that you know he savagely knocked out my boy. Jimmy Manuel. Oh man, oh, that, that was that was rough to watch. That mm. was, that was Isn't rough to watch. Isn't this three rounds? Uh, yes. Uh, yes, yes, this is a three-round yep. fight. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's three rounds. I'm I'm not sure anyone's really going to get finished. I think what? I, it's three rounds, bro. I don't think I don't think so. I don't yeah, I, I don't think, think anyone's going to end up getting finished. I'm going to go with Alexander. Hopefully, he keeps the fight standing because you know Anthony Smith when he's firing on all cylinders, he's dangerous on the ground. You know, like, he's mm. just that guy that can just kind of mm. quietly submit you with some ugly rear naked choke. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, he'll eat a couple shots, and the next thing you know, he's winning the fight. Or, you know, I don't trust him. But I'm going with Alexander because in his last fight, man, he looked so terrible handing the ref all those teeth. And just, like, he, he, looked, <laughs> he looked so good in the first round, but his gas tank was just off. Yeah. I wonder if he's addressed that too. I wonder if he was having issues in the gym um, during you know the pandemic. Because I don't even think it. Was, no, go uh, ahead, sorry, go G. Ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. You. I don't even think it was like issues to do with his with his gas no. tank per, per se. I think I think he, he just fought a fight that he doesn't normally oh, fight. Yes, he fought like the amount of volume that he yeah. was throwing like in in like in, in the first round. Yeah. It was we've never seen that from That's Anthony true. Smith and. Like, he takes his time. He is that, you know what I mean? Like, he goes yeah. back and forth. He takes his time. He's yeah. methodical. Yeah. And to, to completely do that, like, I mean, it's like, it's like Mo Farah needing to run 100 meters, like, just, just like that, like, and expecting him to carry on running the marathon fight. Like, it, it, it takes it out of you. But, yeah. I, and again, like, what's Anthony Smith going to be like after taking yes. all that punishment from Gorbachev? Like, I mean, those are the type of that fights that you. literally change yes. the change your career that literally there's obviously the the cliche saying that you leave a piece of yourself in the cage after each fight but literally fights like that 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 they epitomize that Anthony Smith has a very lengthy fighting career people don't realize that he is he is not a prospect at all you know Mm -hmm. people forget (laughs) yeah 
I'm picking Anthony. Y'all are disrespecting him. I'm going to pick him. I don't blame you, Kairos. Like, I'm on the fence. I'm picking I'm gonna um, pick Alexander, him. but I can see why you're picking Smith. He's fucking dangerous. And I'm telling you, he better not He better not go on the ground with him either. But I'm picking Ray, um, Alexander because, you know, I'm, I'm scared that fight might have changed Anthony. I don't know. So is that three of us mm-hmm. against Kairos? Three, yes. three for Rakic and one for... Uh, Y'all want to do push-ups again? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. But let's... We, we, got, we got to talk about this. The, the people's main event. The, the unjust rematch which is taking place between Magomed and Goliath and Ion Labour. The unjust rematch. <laughs> the unjust. You, you guys already know my thoughts on this, man. Like, uh, I mean, Ion Labour, he's an entertaining fighter. But you cannot run that risk and play possum mm. like you, what? you just cannot do, it's no, a we, fight what do you mean it, no no no, no, no. Like, I'm saying, I'm saying the, 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 the rep Kairos, actually being in on your pain it's playing all, possum listen, Come on. listen it's all good to play possum when you're winning but when you fuck up and play possum remember Anderson Silva we all hated him for it and now we yeah. now we oh, mad yeah. at um, Ian Kutalaba but if that fight had not been called off and he smoked him playing all them games nobody would have said shit you can't play mm. possum and lose yeah. because of it Kairos you know what I yeah. mean yeah, yeah, man. Like, no, let it happen. You're the ref. You are the ref. I don't care about what happened to Anderson. Anderson got dropped. <laughs> you didn't. He wasn't even landing strikes. He was missing. But nine Kyrus, out of the ten strikes. You have to. Yes. Yeah. You have to see the optics of the situation, though. Like towards the referee, maybe the angle that he saw, it looked like a, a flurry of punches were landing, were were landing flush. But again, man, like what? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna stop you right there. No, no, I ain't gonna let you do that. I ain't gonna let you do that. No, do that I'm to the listeners. Saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, me, let me clarify. I'm not saying I I thought a flurry of punches landed, but I'm saying maybe the referee, <laughs> from his view, thought a flurry of punches landed. What That's happened. what I said. I'm yeah. not letting you do that either. I'm not letting you say that either. <laughs> All y'all out there who watch these fights on television think that the referee is seeing the fight from the same angle we're watching. Are you people crazy? <laughs> no. The referee is literally standing right next to them. He is literally right there. This is what I don't understand. This is what. This is another issue that I have a part of modern day media people are watching something on television and think that's the point of view that the people involved are watching it in they are not eagles they are right there it is a first person he saw those strikes missing he still opted to call the fight same as how people want to see someone get hurt on television whether it's by police and they say well we didn't see what they saw of course you did it they're right then and there they are right there bro stop giving these referees bail for being idiots stop giving people clarify no no all okay. y'all saying we saw from the wrong angle y'all need to get your facts straight they are not looking like that okay so for argument's sake right do you think that we need like a, a second referee like a second referee cage side with a monitor who th- can then relay stuff to uh, to the referee for for instance like the the eye poke with dc and uh, and stipe so one who could have relayed that information to mark goddard and say oh it was actually an eye poke blah 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 give him give him time or what have you we need that and we need a disciplinary committee as soon after every single fight if anything is in question for what you do you go to that committee and you got to explain what you did and you should have a uh what you call it a ref camera on you so they can see the perspective that you saw and then you have to explain like it they to did them exactly pride, what you saw. Man. I love yes, those you gotta explain everything you did. Yeah. Like I'm gonna be real with you. If they had that right now, Herb Dean might not be refing right now with <laughs> everything that he's been doing. He might not be yep. able to ref right now. But that's not yeah. a conversation y'all want to talk about. Y'all want to say that he's the gold standard referee no, when he ain't even Harris, you know what? I'm, I'm done. Talk I'm about done. it when you are trust me. Mike no. That man <laughs> that maybe 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 we need to bring that 
as uh, one of the subjects that we bring to the table next week. Just wait for him to fuck up I another so. fight. It'll happen real soon, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> it's happening yes. this weekend. Yes. He'll do so it this weekend. Y'all keep that in mind. Somebody got to cover that because Herb going to fuck it up. Well, on that positive note, <laughs> I guess that draws to a close, close this episode of Shots Fired. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Separate the weak from the opsa Leap hard to creep them Brooklyn Street It's on again, stop all that bickering beat